This is Werewolf the Podcast, a podcast about the role-playing game, Werewolf the Apocalypse. D20 Radio, your gamer's role. you heard of high-level games? If you're a content creator looking to make your dream a reality, you need high-level games. High-level games does layout, editing, and development support such as Kickstarter and more. Even if you're not a creator and just want to enhance your game with exciting new supplements, go to highlevelgames.ca and check out Dark New England for V20. High-level games. We want to help you level up your role-playing game. Highlevelgames.ca. Welcome to another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. I am long-suffering, incredibly deranged host Josh Heath, and today we're talking about something completely different. We're going to be looking at Werewolf from what I think is going to be an interesting lens that uh, one of our patrons, one of the supporters of our podcast, uh, reached out to me and said, hey, I get this idea. I've got this thing that I'm working on. Let's talk about it in regards to werewolf. And I was like, this sounds totally up my alley. Let's get together and have a conversation. Um, So today I am joined by Jordan Etherington, who is our co-host for the day. Jordan, how are you? Great. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm 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 working on my podcast voice. (laughs) You're doing a great job. I want to welcome you to the show. So tell us basically the pitch that you gave me for this topic and then i think we can just roll on from there sure so as many of my good ideas like appear to me i was mowing a lawn outside during a hot day and it came to me while you know doing it that werewolf the apocalypse would work really well with this theory, theoretical perspective I'm using in my PhD research called affect theory. And that looking at this, the um, game from an affect theory lens would help actually inform a lot of the ways that uh, particularly Garu would experience the world and perhaps make it, uh, make them kind of weirdly more relatable because it's, I find it's very easy when looking, like from the meta perspective, from like the reader, it's like these guys are assholes. These guys are the worst. Oh my god, why would you ever want to play one? Oh, they messed everything up, and that's all true. But I feel that looking at it, you know, with an eye to how the world feels around them and how it feels to be one, makes it much more interesting and sympathetic. And also kind of shows why it's more difficult to play games. Like you had some trouble with the Ananasi mm-hmm. because of that specific, like lack of affect. So tell us a little bit about what affect theory is, and then we'll kind of slide in and see how it applies to werewolf. It's fantastic because I actually wrote up an explanation for it. So before I can really go into affect theory, we really need to try and understand what we mean when we talk about unaffect. Uh, so this is an extremely complex term that's used in very different circumstances. Uh, affect theory is like a very broad and flexible kind of theoretical perspective. Uh, but I think that, and, and Josh, like, tell me if you agree, uh, I think that for this podcast, we can use this definition I use for most of my research, which is an autonomic or involuntary bodily response to certain stimuli that we then consciously interpret or narrativize into an emotional state. So it's the origin point of emotional experience. So I'm going to try and, and, and say this in my own words and tell me if I'm way off base. It is the reaction you have when an emotion is sparked prior to any cognitive reasoning being involved yes and that that's also why it can be difficult to really explain it to people because you're talking about something that is by its very nature unquantifiable and unqualifiable because when you quantify or qualify it it's no longer an affect it's sort of like this 
mental quantum state, you know, where it, it can't be measured and uh, what is it like? It can't be measured and quantified at the center or something. I'm, I'm a social mm -hmm. scientist, not a quantum theorist. <laughs> I am also a social scientist. So, but I, I have an interest in quantum theory, but don't ask me any questions. I just read it occasionally. Exactly. So you're good. You're yeah. on point. So to, to give you an example, say something shocking were to happen, like, Josh, you're watching this video of me. A gorilla runs in, tears my head off right on video in front of you. Um, your first experience, like reaction, would not be fear, quote unquote, because your mind hasn't even processed everything that's happened yet. You've, you've just seen this crazy motion happened and now I'm dead, right? Uh, it would be an involuntary physical reaction experience that, you know, if, if you're using Sylvan Tompkins, uh, nine, nine affects, uh, we would probably call it like surprise startle. So you'd probably bare your teeth a bit. You'd flinch away and you bend your backs and legs so you can quickly escape all that stuff. And this all happens in a fraction of a second. Keep in mind. And there are many different affective responses, by the way. So I, I like to use Sylvan Tompkins list. There's other theorists like Misumi who kind of just calls them like intensities and doesn't really give them all categories. But I find that when I'm categorizing like responses in the content I'm studying, that helps. So there's uh, anger, rage, disgust, distress, anguish, joy, happiness, interest, excitement, shame, humiliation, uh, fear, terror, surprise, startle, and contempt or dismell. So that is in the most basic and definite sense, an affect or affective response. So when I say affect or an affective response or, or you know, I'm saying like sense worm should always cause an affective response. That's what I'm talking about. Cool. I think what, what really struck me about this idea when you, uh, presented to me was the idea that werewolves kind of live closer to this sort of state by nature that that's a complicated thing but like as really have a stat called rage right <laughs> and it's like it is a primal lizard brain sort of reaction to things that yeah. then gets conceptualized after the reaction right yes yes uh, I was saying, if we were to stop at, say, just the affect responses, then it would just be like pure instinctual stimuli. It wouldn't really be useful for the many fields that it's used in. Like, it's used in literary and social criticism, counseling, queer theory, neuroscience, psychiatry. It's it it's a wonderful theory because it's so it it's broad, but without becoming wishy washy. I find. What's important is that these physical bodily experiences are integrated to what is quickly registered and rationalized as your conscious emotional state, which is another thing. Like these emotions are not meant to be taken as irrational or, you know, like foolish. Like you, you can't stop your affective responses. That would be very, a very bad idea. You wouldn't be able to react to stimuli, right? They are themselves rational. Uh, and B, the associations we make with those effective reactions can be positive or negative depending on social context. For example, that gorilla that killed me and caused your uh, kind of like surprise startle reaction, that's the same reaction you'd have if we all jumped up and said it was your birthday. Like aff affectively speaking, it would quickly be narrativized into a different way. So you're going to have very different memories and conscious reactions to things associated with each of those events, despite the fact that it kind of started from the same place, because you can have like a fun surprise and a very not fun surprise. Uh, so we can get into another important consideration, which is that affective responses can be learned or culturally constructed. You can be taught to be afraid of something that comes with the affective response that prefigures it. And it's an important social function to keep people safe. Like you have to teach a kid not to pick up a snake. Right. So then when they see a poisonous snake, they're like, oh, that's scary. And then, right? so what you're saying there, which I think is interesting and also really relevant to werewolves is there are things you learn to react to. And so your brain yes. 
autonomically reacts uh, because it's been trained to react yeah in that way especially lacking gifts like sense worm mm -hmm. for example or actually you would have to in some cases like you would have to learn to delineate what is and does and doesn't call for like say an immediate violent response like you can't use you can't kill every mcdonald's that you find mm -hmm. right Unless you're Red Talon, I guess, but you know. <laughs> right. Um, In general, most Garu would not destroy every Altali's they come across or whatever, you know. Yes, but that, so like they, they still have to be taught about this, these things. Again, unless you have like access to a very specific gift. And all of that can be extended to things that don't exist in nature. For example, like it's generally a good idea to teach your kids that if somebody shows up and they got like a swastika on, in Western society, Nazis ruin everything. Right. right? It's true. <laughs> yeah. So when you see someone with like a swastika, you generally feel some combination of discomfort, fear, anger, distress. But there's nothing in nature that should cause that would make you instinctively feel that way. Like a caveman who saw that wouldn't feel distressed, just be like weird symbol. So that feeling in your body, which is another important fact, is that. In affectory, emotions are bodily experienced. So they're not mental or they're not like purely mental. And in fact, the mental physical divide is like very blurry to affect theorists and, and often arbitrary. Because it depends on where in the brain you're talking about, right? Re because well, am I like, reading into it? But it, it's in the brain, but also like say you feel discomfort or anger you're going to feel like your skin flush you're going to feel like your heart start beating faster your mm. the hair on your arms stand up um you know like a ringing in your ears maybe because like your blood is flowing more you you experience emotions in your body like they show up all over your body to say nothing of you know other emotions like crying and weeping and stuff mm -hmm. yeah let's let's dig in here for a minute yes. and and i think the thing that i'm that i immediately take away as a storyteller yeah. is it's it, it, it's really useful when describing rage or reactions that you have as a werewolf through these sorts of uh factors right instead of saying you get angry you say to someone, the hair on your arm stands up and you feel your heart racing. It you want to bare your teeth and like rip something's throat out or something like that. Like you were and that's was like you start maybe like grimacing at something like ah without even knowing it. Right. For example. I think that's really that's a valuable tool. You like they tell you so often in writing and storytelling sorts of guides, like. Uh, don't tell <laughs> yeah show don't tell but this is like a, a visceral reminder of like yes. these are the things that happen to you in your body when you are feeling these sorts yes. of emotions for most people um and and you're a werewolf and you don't have as much control over that mm -hmm. and you're going to feel them with different stimuli too i think that's like really interesting too to play with that and say like the the smoke from the smokestack causes uh you know disgust perhaps right like it yeah it causes that sort of bodily reaction that you could just say oh you're grossed out by that but like it ups your storytelling to be like here is how yeah. your body feels while you're doing it yeah, and it, and it does kind of show that it's not just like an ideological thing. It has these. It it exists inside of you. In that, you know, for example, like a lot of my research is about how the way that you know political ideology, without going too deep into it, can exist, can cause affective responses, making your beliefs sort of have these physical these physical uh, reactions, I guess you could say, make it so much harder to give up on those beliefs or be open to other perspectives, let's say. Sure. I Yeah. I, I think what's interesting about that and as an identity theorist person, like I want to 
pull that out for a second and then apply it to a werewolf lens, right? Like you uh, actually I'm going to start the other one and go werewolf and then come like back as a werewolf. You are culturally, uh, you are enculturated in a violent mm-hmm. eco-terroristic cult for, for being really like blunt about it. Like yeah. hero society is cultish uh, using that in a fairly yeah. broad term for cult. Um, it's very insular, right? It's very insular. You are militarized from a very young age. Mm-hmm. You are taught to mm-hmm. uh, to view uh, specific things as an enemy that you go out and murder violently. Yes. Plus, you have all of these animalistic uh, urges yeah. that are there under the surface. And those things reinforce one another, which as like a circle of identities, your identities reinforce other elements of your identities. They become yeah. so ingrained within you that they become effective reactions, right? For example, like rage is narrativized as not just you're on it, werewolves, you feel angry. It's narrativized into the culture and that that is a form of your place as a warrior for Gaia. So it, it kind of shows it goes like from like affect, emotion, ideology. Mm-hmm. You see, so that every time you feel it and it becomes self-reinforcing because now every time you feel rage, you're not just thinking like angry. You're thinking like, I feel this rage because that is something that Gaia wants me to kill. Right. And, and again, it's easy to paint them as psychos, but it's like, what would you have them do? Right. That, that's the thing is that on some level, if you look at werewolf cosmology, they're probably right about some things. And that makes their reaction really understandable. Like I uh, say like cult, for example, but they can show you a Bane. They can show you a Fomori. Right. Right. Yeah. Which does... There's an open question that I have, and I'm not expecting us to answer this. I have an open question of how much do werewolves uh, change the world around them based on their belief, if you're looking at things from a mage perspective. Oh, oh God. But, oh, no. <laughs> but not getting into that, if you assume werewolf on the surface, as written, contained as its own game, that the werewolves are right, that they can literally yeah. go into the spirit world and grab a spirit and bring it into the the physical realm and say behold a man <laughs> you know yeah. like uh, some new isha diogenes runs over <laughs> right <laughs> there's so much in that 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 makes them sympathetic right and makes it's their incredibly traumatic right can you imagine like we talk about microaggressions which are a real thing and also very important to affect theory Right. Imagine you and, and like without even putting sense worm in there. Imagine you walk. Imagine just walking into the city and knowing what you know as a werewolf, and just trying to exist in there without going nuts. Right. Right. Like the idea. It's like this city is literally destroying the world to you. It's you know whether by weaver or worm, it's destroying the city and. Like, again, like, it's easy to say, oh, they're eco-terrorists, but literally every part of their body is screaming at them to either get out or start hunting things. And I'm not saying that what they're doing is correct. I'm saying that what their reaction is to this is eminently understandable. Right. I think what oftentimes happens i'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction and i'm going to swing it back around oftentimes what happens let's riff it is uh people uh don't people try to otherize or separate people that do violent acts in a way that like they they're like i cannot understand how someone would get to those choices yes i'm thinking about terrorists in particular but there's layers here like you you, of course any violence like because there is this uh undercurrent within our society of being 
anti-violence because I won't call it pacifism, but there's definitely a sense that like violence is not appropriate in greater society. We can get into the political ramifications of power and violence and so forth, but beyond what I'm trying to get at is that in general, violence is not a correct action to be used in your day-to-day life. Right. But violence is very understandable when you start looking at anger and frustration and disconnection and the ability that we have to disconnect ourselves from empathy to others we humans do this all the time right we have uh in in to some degree a limit on how much empathy we can have for other people and for me all of that leads back to werewolves being fairly understandable because it's like if you can understand their frustrations their disconnection from human society their militancy which again as you've said is reinforced by the fact that they are literally feeling these things they're literally experiencing them and then they're like how can we change this yeah the idea that I, I want to go to the idea that like people will say like have a hard time understanding violence and like I I think that it's important to question your sense of self relating to violence because I feel like when you say I could never do such and such a thing, what you're real I, I feel like often what that's saying is that's trying to sort of set up this sort of a you're trying to otherize uh, other people who are often in kind of situations that you can't put yourself in. And I mean, I'm not saying you should be more open to violence. You absolutely should not. I don't think violence is good. But I do feel that when you say I could never do such a thing, it means that you're never going to think you're not going to be as open to thinking, well, am I doing the right thing? And um, it also makes it I would say kind of harder to play these werewolves or even like engage with, or even say like, even as NPCs, right? Like you could be a major vampire and you definitely want to make these werewolves feel dangerous. You would want to be able to put yourself into that part in your head, which is violence is absolutely something I can do. And it's, uh, does, it's interesting to me, like role players very regularly, <laughs> do put themselves in the shoes of someone who is capable of violence but we often often cold and calculated correct because we don't for good and bad like we don't always think about our murder hobo murder hoboiness right yeah and i think one of the points of werewolf the apocalypse from the beginning was to say Every one of you has this inside of you. And I and think you have a culture which is, I mean, again, I'm not going to get political, but like the idea that it's like, oh, you know, violence isn't good, but there sure are things that need being violence being done to them. You know, uh, maybe it's okay when it's those things, which I, I think is a, is a good opportunity for like kind of self-examination i think werewolf is good in that regard yep i think absolutely because my meta theory with role-playing games is they are a tool for us to understand ourselves right and anyone that's read the world of darkness well i say anyone but generally i feel like most people come away understanding like hey i am not a vampire i'm not a werewolf but some of these things speak to experiences that I've had, right? Or that I will have, or that things that I want to build on within my own self, like self-confidence and the ability to like tackle big things. Like, yeah, I think. I think it's like, when will, what it makes that sort of, when will you rage mm-hmm. such a good slogan, for example, like, I mean, say what you will about girl, but like, when will you rage? That's excellent. Yep. It it immediately it, it's makes theme and instruction think. at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like the cha-cha slide. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And it speaks to the affect theory stuff that yes. we we're, we're talking about is that you will rage. Yes, it's it's an inevitability. It's not will you rage? Mm -hmm. and, and it seems to be saying like sort of when will you rage is in like, when are you going to get mad enough to do it? But it's also underneath there's an undertone of like, you're going to rage. Like it's going to happen. Yeah. And, um, and I would like to ask you a question. Sure, go ahead. We, we talk about violence a lot. We talked about violence a lot because I mean, it's werewolf, obviously. And I think we also can kind of look at the underside of this, which is Hirano. Mm -hmm. Because I think there's a lot of affect that you can do with Hirano, which is as I, I know, you know, maybe for the listeners, like it's it's not discussed as much. It's basically like uh, a supernatural depression, would you say? Yeah, it's it's empowered post-traumatic stress stress really yeah. like it, it is depression and anxiety to such a degree yeah. that it, it, it's really hard to conceptualize it because we don't have the wells of emotions that werewolves have but like it's it's ptsd, it's PTSD plus yeah and I, I will criticize in some sense, which is like, I think Hirano should have been a much bigger thing. Cause again, I start thinking about affect as res physical responses to stimuli. And I think about the situation that werewolves have. And it's like, I, I remember a time last year when I was like really depressed and looking at everything in, in the sense of like, you know, climate change and economic, just, just things that are way too big. And like, imagine how much worse it is for werewolf. I imagine if, like, you have sense worm. Imagine if every time you looked at a bottle of shampoo, you could see exactly how many, like, how many sweatshops you were supporting whenever you bought something. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, so I, I think that it there's look there's looking at sort of these depths of rage and anger, but also, um the sort of pressure that they're constantly under and how it, it's something that you can look at for your characters as like, how do they keep Hirano at bay? What are the things that they do that comfort themselves? Because again, like people don't talk about comfort with werewolves, but I think they really need that. And I imagine that's why a lot of them try to stay out of the city and they frame it as like this religious thing or this sort of like attempts to you know maintain purity i i think you can write that a lot of it is just i can't deal with that yeah i think Which they will never say by right the way. Be, because you have a culture of just like the military to, to use a broad mm -hmm. brush like mm -hmm. military culture as a veteran military culture says that there are only certain acceptable times to show that you are wounded mentally and morally, right? Yes. There are very limited acceptable times for you to do so. Generally, yeah. when you are drunk, generally when you are uh, alone or with a small group of people who like support and like are willing to deal with the pain that you're going through, yeah. that is a Garu pack, right? A, a, yes, absolutely. A, that should be part of it the there should be this push and pull uh, of uh, of internal emotions and reactions that that I think you're you're getting to is that like when you are feeling the edges of despair and disconnection or uh, rage too right but there's as a I cannot speak to my own experience but I can speak to the experiences of other military folks who I've spoken to is when you get into combat situations, there is a detachment that you uh, create as a protective measure that the military designs to protect you, right? Like it is a cultural thing that is built in that has weaknesses. Like it is not perfect, clearly, but like yeah. that's designed for you to avoid your 
your autonomic reactions, your affects that would occur from committing certain violence. And werewolves would have to have similar things going on in their oh, society. Sure. That thing's of the worm. You, you, you were doing your task. You, it's like, oh my God, I, I, you know, I killed all these people. It's like, no, 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 hold on a second. You didn't kill those people. That was a Pentex first team. Those are just worm monsters that look human. Right. And, and I mean, it also, I, I wanted to say like, it doesn't have to be like dramatic, like over dramatic and like kind of like, you're trying to make people feel sad or anything like when I was talking about like comfort things, like have do things you enjoy with your, like you could literally just be like, yeah, we had a really bad time there and we're going to go watch movies together at my pack mate's house. And we're just going to sit and watch movies. And like, that can be a fun thing. That can be a fun scene or it's things to make yourself feel kind of this normality, but it also draws the pack closer together, which to go with your military thing is also sort of this idea of no sort of this idea that there are a very restricted amount of people who can truly understand you and you can draw upon them, of course. But at the same time, it, it creates this binary of people that can understand you and then the rest of the world. Right. That cannot and will not and do not want to understand you. And I, I think there's a very interesting uh, kind of tension that you can make there as well. Like, what if you're married to a kinfolk or something and you find that you're telling them things less and less just because you've like when you try to tell them, it brings back all these memories that you know there's will trigger these emotions that you know there is only a very specific circumstance you can show them. So yeah. you don't. And and it's not like you're consciously trying to push them out. It's just like, I can't, I can't tell them about what happened when we went into that worm pit. I, th I just can't. I think that it emphasizes it, it creates the affects <laughs> right and like that emphasizes the importance of having those uh scenes where you interact with kinfolk and or regular human beings right yes and then you can as a storyteller and a player talk about the uh, the affects that the npc is having you yeah. might you might see them like how did it make you feel meeting that band teller oh my god you had to deal with getting money mm -hmm. and you're getting a class walker like i can't and did they shrink back Get because offended. like your yeah. rage was so present that they could feel that you were a monster and yeah. like did how do you feel like one of the things i love asking my players is how did you feel about that thing how did your character feel about the that there thing was that a bank error and it didn't mean anything but they were really scared to tell you mm -hmm. you could see them like go pale a bit when they saw it because you were like leaning towards them and you were like clenching your fist and stuff yeah and that just makes the world feel you know feel uh, yeah. more impactful more real like it's just i think but alien at the same time absolutely because you're like if i was going to the bank would i feel like that like and you ask yourself you, you like roll your eyes and be like oh this thing. right I, you wouldn't be thinking usually i want to hurt this person or, or maybe, yeah. And and the thing, the crazy thing with werewolf is it's not even like, I'm a psych, I'm a sadist, I want to hurt people. It's this impediment needs to go away. Normal, I should be able to just use my strength and just get rid of it. But I can't because of this stupid weaver ape bullshit that is making it so I'm trapped. I'm trapped in this damn web and well, I feel it all around. And then something like you just feel it. You know, you look around, everyone's standing in line, everyone's quiet, everyone's looking at you. 
because you're acting the way that you're supposed to. Like all that. Yeah. Great. And it's all just standing in line at their bank. Yep. I think one of the things that we're saying is from a storytelling perspective, it is great to tell the stories about Garu doing Garu things and coming out on top and succeeding. Yay. But there's an opportunity to also remind your players that they are grounded in a world that is over overstimulates them by oh God, yeah by necessity is to, maybe not the right word but like automatically it like is hostile just, yeah incredibly hostile and yeah. imagine being in a room with an alarm clock going off constantly but not just one a hundred alarm clocks going off yeah. at different times at different tones yeah that's how i well, imagine you're saying you're failing right and, and that's going to cause think about the the physical reaction that would cause in you and then translate that to how a werewolf is feeling in that situation at the bank feeling all of that tension this the sound all like you know god i'm making my players feel bad when you get to fight that famori or when you get to like run in the wild or you're like fighting the that nexus crawler oh baby Oh baby, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. You you feel like I can't believe they call this work, right? <laughs> you know, that's the other layer that I I was pulling on that I wanted to pull on that you mentioned the okay. the the spiritual side of Garu yeah. society provides a calming, focused reaction in opposition to the rage and violence and aggression that you've got to deal with depending on where you are like if you're in a weaver city or mm-hmm. like god forbid a blight yeah but like a cairn for example oh why would you ever leave right and imagine I, i'm just thinking of a, a good example imagine you are uh, sitting in front of a warm fire you have a heavy blanket on you and your dog sitting at your feet yes that sort of like comfort and uh, pleasant sensation causes kind of like an instinctual sort of a feeling in most people. Yeah. That's how a Cairn should feel. The heart of a Cairn should feel like that to most Garu, a sense of like comfort and safety and correctness, correctness, balance, Mm -hmm. equilibrium. It also, I feel like, explains because, like, I, I would read these books and I'd be like, oh my God, why are they such stingy? Why are they so stingy with their cairns? Mm-hmm. We got all these people, they'd love to help you. Mages, get some tradition mages in there, they want to help you. It's like, imagine letting someone into your spot. And I say spot with italics, like the one place that's comfortable. Like, I think that really answers it too. The idea of, this is, I'm so tense all the time. And this is the one place where like, you know, I could feel chill. And you want to bring in this random person to maybe mess with this. Yeah. And you're going to immediately have a, a, a physical reaction to the sense of someone's because violating you. That's threat. Threat. Mm-hmm. And, and this isn't even seeing the mage. This is like, Look, I met this guy, and he says that he can really help us with this Pentex situation. Like, like he's he's on this like thing. It's like the digital web, you know. And it's like he can just find everything about them, but he just has to use these ley lines here. And then they're like, even though you might know, in a sense, like, yeah, that's a great idea. Oh my god, solved everything your brain is also going to be like intruder. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then terrifying. the, and then there's the culture stuff that's yeah. uh, like doubling down and on culture that. Culture is an outgrowth mm-hmm. partially of those feelings, which is not to say that people are like drones. They're just constantly pulled by their feelings, but it's that those affects are both influence, both influence the culture and are influenced by the culture. Right. 
Aristotle, I think, said rules. we are political animals, right? Like we are yeah. social animals. We are. Yeah. Uh, we the systems that we have created are, are created by us intentionally because our human nature. You know, there's lots of conversation about human nature, etc. But like the things that are kind of natural to us build the systems that we build around us. Yeah. In general, People treat as natural, even if they're. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> right. but yes in a, in a sense, like yes these the ideas of creating cities and agriculture it's not like just oh cities good it's like no no having shelter good having food good yeah having other people around is good having a sense yeah. of i can go places to find things that bring me joy easily it's so easy to get other resources that I need in a city. It's yeah. I it, can meet these people and they will understand me when I get angry at something that seems ridiculous and they won't react in a way that's either violent or makes me feel ashamed or small. That right there just encapsulates the Garu. <laughs> like when why they like their world gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Because I think Go ahead. I was going to say, like you said, the world getting smaller, smaller, smaller. I think there's another thing, which is, um, I know that, I don't know how much this is too affectory, but I think it sort of goes to, I think, I tend to imagine that Garu have a seriously conspiratorial mindset. Yeah. Because, I mean, first of all, they're kind of right, but like they literally do know it's like, this is the problem with everything. But I, I feel like as they learn more about the world, their world, will often get paradoxically smaller as they learn more and more about how widespread, say, like, I mean, God, Pentex alone, like, imagine finding out that, uh, like, BlackRock, say, you know, the investment company. Yep. Imagine that BlackRock was owned by literal Satan. Right. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, how can I engage in the economy knowing and not just like believe but like knowing that i will be funding the worst thing tm yeah and, and, and again at least like you see a bottle of shampoo and you're just like oh god i know that thing is from satan right yeah and, and fyi like I, i'm using that as just an analogy i am not making a statement any weird real life conspiracies sure i think what's what's helpful though is when we're using the world of darkness as social commentary because we generally that is a thing that we happens, are social right? animals right <laughs> it's good to remember like there are people out there that believe some yes. things that maybe outside of the mainstream i'm not necessarily getting at that but like some like people all every single person has at least one supernatural opinion and i mean supernatural in like the um the sense that there is no evidence to uh to reinforce or support the opinion that you have about a thing yeah. that doesn't mean it's bad necessarily but like now you're in a world as a Garu who can kind of prove things that are fairly off the beaten track. Yes. And that sort of reinforcement of, I don't know, like that, that just like when you start thinking you about it on that track. Yeah. Yeah. It can put your mind into uncomfortable places, which I mean, maybe it's better used for an NPC character. Like you can show how a werewolf's viewpoint of things is like, I will not go to, for example, like I will not go to an Otali's. Mm -hmm. And if you're like a vampire, like I don't get what his point is. Like, why won't he go to an Otali's? Why do we care? And, and they're just like, I won't explain it to you. I will not go there. And um, I think that you can sort of use that or like, uh, or they can say like, you know, Otali's is the, you know, of, is that here can literally say Otali's is a vehicle for the destruction of the entire world. Right. The cosmic destruction of the spirit. And they're like, Oh, he's, he, Oh, okay. This is like some economy. He's like, no, no, literally. 
I could, I'm just imagining talking to a werewolf, like being me and going and, and like, Oh my God. It, it would be baffling because you'd be like, how, how could you even get to these types of things that you believe to be true? They literally can't show you though. Right. Because of delirium, which I imagine is another thing that would definitely cause isolation and this sense of kind of discomfort with humans mm -hmm. there the phrase like uh, from vampire is like uh shoot now i'm gonna miss say it but like uh a monster i am lest a monster i become right it's uh, a beast but like yeah it's, yes okay yes so, you have it you have the right so the meaning is the same the idea there it applies to werewolf too like you are even though you do not choose to be, you are a monster to humans you interact with. Yes. And you then have to decide how do you, do you become a worse monster? Yeah. Or do you try and find ways to thread the needle and be a moral person, be a good person? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's like, but again, like, if you know that a person is supporting an organization that is literally killing the planet and not yeah. just the planet, but the spiritual reflection of the planet as well. Like, how do you not, you go back to the other end and then we go back to like the affective reactions, which are enforced by which both lead to the other end and then reinforce them in turn, which is like, you know, imagine like, seeing someone were driving a car and you feel that like disgust but you're supposed to at the same time you're supposed to be like protecting these people i, I imagine that's what most player care players would want that's what i would want i would mm -hmm. want to be like i'm a hero and yeah like how do you feel i mean perhaps you would have insights like you said you're a veteran Yep. I, I have heard, and I mean, this is, I'm definitely not, so I could be way off base, this idea that, like, veterans are unappreciated for the services that they do that are ultimately vital, many veterans feel, to the continued safety of the general public, for which they are either unappreciated at best, or may, or even, you know, uh, disdained for. At worst. Yeah. And, and and I can imagine that that's, you could really feel that as like a werewolf. And it's like, I don't know how these children of Gaia keep it up, but they're better people than me. I think it's a really good metaphor to say like, it, you know that you are protecting the world. You know that you are protecting everything in the universe through your actions. Yes. And other people do not appreciate you. There are, or of course, you for it. actively hate you and want you to be destroyed. Yes. They love, oh my God, this does get QAnon y, I will say. Yeah, I'm calling them out. <laughs> but it does get into like this idea of like when you get into this view that people love Satan, like the idea that it's like most people do not want goodness, they want Satan, and that leads you again to like these very uncomfortable and disturbing points of view and I, you know what that maybe we bring up black spiral dancers where you might have people who are like because like it, correct me if i'm wrong but they have people join black spiral dancers yep yeah like that can happen right yep and i can see it literally have people show up and just be like Give them the Green Goblin speech from Spider-Man, where it's just like, none of these people are buying what you're selling. None of them want to live. You know, inside, they, they actually all want to die. And you should join the winning team because you know what? At least you'll win. <laughs> yeah, You can go that route. But the other route that I think you can go with the Black Sparrow Dancers, which I think is more horrifying, is them coming and going, you could have all of these great things, 
You could have all, all the money you could ever want. You could have all the friends you ever want. You could have a, a nice, comfortable life where you don't have to fight anybody. All you, you want to. Absolutely. But like, all you've got to do is kind of just let us do our thing. And we we have all this stuff. We have all of these riches. And in the end, it doesn't matter anyway, but you'll be comfortable for now. That's going to be enticing to a lot of werewolves who are like, I'm sick of this. I'm sick yeah, of this absolutely. fight. I'm sick of trying to make a difference in a world that doesn't appreciate me. I'm sick of lying to my partner. Mm -hmm. I'm sick of you know, having to explain to her why I don't ever want kids. Right. Which is, by the way, like, off recording or something, but like, I don't know, just off the record. I know, this is on the record. What am I talking about? I never understood the werewolf idea of like, we need to have more kids. We need to make more werewolf. I was always like, dude, time's up. <laughs> no. Right. You, you got like 20 years, maybe. Max. In World of Darkness. Right, right. I don't know. I think I, I can also, that's also eminently understandable, which is like, you want what, imagine telling someone don't have kids anymore. It's pointless. <laughs> Who's that going to tell? Oh. You might as well say give up. Right. Right. And there are people out there that uh, become that nihilistic and I have some empathy for them actually, but like, I mean, if you choose not to have kids, like you can still in real life, like you can still really contribute to society and to be like, you can just be a really good uncle. You could be really good niece. You can adopt all these things, but like the idea of we need to make more kids to have more, you know, the next generation of soldiers against the worm is like, you going to tell him or should I? Right. <laughs> Most people, most, uh, again, I'm going to lean on military people. Yeah. Most military people don't want their children to join the military, right? Yes. They're like. That's another really interesting question. Do Garu who have kids actually want their kids to be Garu? It's, that should be a question, right? It is, it's written as if they do want them to. And like, okay. So uh, some of my research uh, is focused on Northern Ireland, right? and the uh, the troubles right that was generational for ish you could argue six or seven even generations of, of irish people kind of involved in like the long depending on how you number it like anyway point that i'm trying to make is that like some people did want their kids to be like in the ira they did want their kids to fight because they saw that fight not as a as a traditional military conflict, which most people are like, I don't want my kids to have gone, like go through these things again because it's over. Right. Instead, they saw it as a, like, I, I have to protect everything I am. Mm -hmm. And we have to keep doing that. So we have to keep prepping ourselves to be able to. Yeah. That's a good do point. So. Like it, there, there could be like, my kid's in the apocalypse, whether or whether he want, knows it or not. Whether I, I say he, but I should really be saying, like, it, it can apply. They know mm -hmm. it or not. Mm -hmm. At least if they were a guard, they could defend themselves or make a difference. Yeah. But I'm sure there are some care who are like, I don't want, like, I, we just need to stop. Like, we're going to lose. We, we, we just have to look at this and go, we're going to lose. Well, that's who the Black Spiral Dancer goes to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. This has been a great conversation. Um, I I think there's some nuggets of really interesting things people t should take out of this conversation. One, go read some politics books. Go read up about effect theory a little bit. Um, two, that storytelling through understanding visceral reactions helps you tell a better story. And to players, like, pay attention to how your werewolf would feel 
and how, you know, this, how the environment makes them feel. It doesn't have to just be like stimulus reaction, this reaction could just be like, I walk into this place and it could just be like, how does it make you feel? Yep. You walked into a burger joint. And, and it doesn't always have to be bad. Like it can be like, you can talk about how great it feels that you are taking the fight to the worm or I'm with my packets and we're all together and, you know, we're just vibing. Right. Yeah. Vibes, I believe could be this yes. <laughs> are important. <laughs> Absolutely. And like, sometimes it can be counterintuitive. That's the other like yeah. thing I want to like pull out is like, Sometimes you have a comfort reaction from going into a hamburger place that you know is bad for you. The smells Mm -hmm. and the familiarity. The memories, maybe. You might have a beautiful memory of a parent taking you to McDonald's and having a great time with your Happy Meal. But as an adult, you're like, oh, I know Happy Meals. I know this Big Mac's going to cause me, like, problems. Imagine being a Garu and having that like be magnified. Yeah. Well, imagine being like, I remember being taken here by my parents and it feeling really great. But now I see a bane over that deep fryer and it just winked at me. Right. Right. So many layers that you can play with to get to like uh, an emotive core that is helpful for storytelling and playing a character, embodying the character, and then really like getting something out of it, getting an experience out of it that uh, that I think is valuable, useful, fun. I, I'm, I'm hesitating to say fun because some of what we're talking about is not fun in a macro way yeah. in that it's entertainment. It, this gets into one of those questions about role-playing it's games. Engaging. Like, it's engaging, right? Yeah. But I, I think it can also be fun. Like you can, like if werewolves feel all these emotions so much more than that can also mean like imagine how it must be to be a werewolf and drive super in a really fast car right yeah it's gonna make you feel like a thousand times better than any like if you have never driven 280 miles per hour you should it is amazing um do it safely somewhere safely i was in germany when i hit that mark but like i think another important thing for affect theory sorry, if, if I may, is it, it also says, I think like how it can be helpful to you is it also teaches you not to discount people. Cause I think, especially with the internet as it is, you know, it's very easy to just, everything is stimulus response, stimulus response. Oh my God, this thing happened. You have to have a, you have to have a take on it immediately. And, and I think affect three teaches you to look at what's going on around people's lives and put yourself in their shoes and you don't have to agree with them. You can absolutely oppose them. But God damn it, you at least have to... People deserve being thought about. Yep. You at least should be able to think about them instead of just discarding them. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that is an excellent place to kind of end our conversation, which I have enjoyed immeasurably, and I look forward to talking again. Sure. If folks wanted to find you anywhere on the internet, is there a place that you can be found? Oh, geez. I don't do a lot of social media stuff. That's um, okay. That's good. I, I'm, I'm generally just, I'm on Discord a lot. Uh, I generally kind of just put around doing my, <laughs> doing my dissertation right now, which I guess I should say what it's on. My, my dissertation is, I'm working at Trent University in, uh, Ontario and it is about how sort of affective reactions are used to reinforce white supremacist and queer phobic rhetoric and mm-hmm. and to see you know how those can be reacted to and you know perhaps I, I, I don't know how to I'm not going to say like you know well like you would hope that it would be like someone could turn them away from those Right. But also just like how those can be protected against, especially vulnerable communities. Absolutely. Yes. I which is another thing to think about with werewolf. Right. Yeah. We could talk for a lot longer. Um, 
I really look forward to reading your dissertation. Uh, I think it, it to me is it absolutely within my wheelhouse. And um, I think just as a note to, to listeners, uh, thank you for listening to Werewolf the Podcast. Uh, you can find us at Podcast Werewolf on Twitter um, or on Patreon if you want to be a patron. But just in general, until we finally get an answer to the question of when will you rage, I'll talk to you again next time.